thank you for downloading the local paper review podcast with the Romford Recorder and Time 107.5. It's our local paper review. I'm joined in the studio by uh, Rafe Blackburn and Matt Clemenson to chat through the papers to find out what's been happening in the local news. Hello to you both, first of all. Hi, Steve. Hi, Steve. Nice to be back. How's it all going? Yep, very well, very well. Just uh, launched a new paper, which isn't something that happens every day. No, that keeps you busy, doesn't it? uh, So you've got a whole new paper. It's not going to go the way of New Day. You've got got some focus on it. No, I'm hoping it's not going to go the way of New Day because it's free, so that might encourage people to to read it. No, yeah, so uh, in, in Redbridge we've just launched a new paper for half of the Half of the borough, almost, one set of Woodford. It's quite a different area to Ilford before we do them, but both in Ilford. But I think the, some of the residents there felt slightly cut off from the news, didn't feel like it was focusing on their issues enough. So now we've got we've got the two papers, both kind of uh, with with different angles. And, uh, yeah, one, one, one set of Woodford, kind of more community news. Okay. Uh, yeah, there's quite a strong community. But, yeah, it's it's going going very well so far. And one of our stories today will be from that self-same newspaper. Indeed. Oh, I look forward to that. Shameless plug. Uh, and, uh, yeah, Matt, how's, how's the tricks going for you? Uh, yeah, no, no no complaints from my end. Um, just <laughs> the news will always happen. Have you will always be busy. Have you launched a newspaper in the last few weeks? T- to my shame and eternal discredit, I have not. Um, pull, pull your finger out, mate. <laughs> pull your finger out. Uh, so let's jump into story number one. What's the first one we're dealing with? So that is uh, the, the, the story which was on the front page of Rumford, which is that some of the older the market traders that have been in Rumford Market for longer have been asked by the council to give up their prime spots so newer traders can be brought in and integrated um, and I think they want to basically bring in some more kind of uh, foodie stalls uh, some of the ones you see in some of the more um, some other parts of London you know selling pork pies this kind of thing <laughs> artisanal pork, pork uh, pies. Uh, yeah artisan pork pies and this kind of stuff uh, and obviously it has been uh, met not the, the traders are not too happy um, they basically said they're not they're not going to be moved um, Matt you know more than most people about this subject <laughs> don't you um, well born, born and raised in Havering I actually is a primary school history project on the Romford market nice good research so obviously yeah. um, started out as a sheep market in 1247 <laughs> You go way back on this, My, don't way you? Back on, but the best thing I love about this is the, the reason Romford Market in this area has become so, I was going to say popular, but well-known, mm. is because King Henry III, uh, it was one of the King Henrys. Okay, did, not, uh, not the big hitter of the Henrys. Not the, not the big, not yeah. number eight, no. But um, <laughs> So he, by royal decree, made it illegal for any other markets to be set up within a day's sheep drive from Romford. <laughs> Wow. Which, and I'm, this is the, the fraction might be wrong here, but I'm fairly certain it's six and three quarter miles. So the reason that Romford's market has thrived for so long right. is because it does officially own a monopoly by royal decree on the market game. For yeah, in a six mile, just over six mile circle. Yeah. That's impressive. I mean, should the Mergers and Monopoly Commission have a look at this? It seems <laughs> seems like it's got a bit of power there. Can I just say somewhere, um, Mrs. Goldsmith, I think it was of Upminster Junior School, is yeah. punching the air. <laughs> so uh, thank you, Miss. <laughs> yes, kids, if you are in school, work hard. One day it will pay off. <laughs> uh, it's a long shot, but wow, it's impressive. But the lesson there is that it started out as a different market. I mean, I've not. I, I walked through there a, a lot. And I've not seen sheep there for a good long while. 
No, it's a, good, it's a very good point. Yeah. Would so. it? Do we think that that could lead? Because at the moment, because uh, you said earlier when we were talking about this before that uh, it means that markets like in Ilford and Barking aren't allowed to sell that much fresh fresh foods, mm, like, groceries and things. If they started diversifying, do you think that could lead to other other markets? Um, you know, being able to do that? Maybe you don't know. I, I don't really know. Um, I'll be honest. My my knowledge of the market business is limited to that year four history project. Year four, okay. But at least you did a bit of research. Yeah. Um, but the, the idea of things moving and the products that it sells, that's that's an important issue here because that's what they're trying to do, aren't they? They're trying to change the focus of the market to make it more artisan port pie based. Do they have, and now we're going to get confusing because the word market appears again, but is this the right market for that product? Is that... The right demographic. Is there an awful lot of people walking around near Romford Market thinking, oh, do you know what I'd like? A nice bit of uh, artisanal pork pie being <laughs> to me a white sweet. Anyone like that? I, I would say I would say no. I mean, it's they've got, they've got over £2 million, which they're trying to transform the market area. So I think, obviously, it's good that they're, they're, they're putting money into it. But, I, I mean, there's there's a lot of these, these markets around, around London... Um, where you know they kind of sell quite 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 expensive food, but they don't actually sell kind of little trinkets and stuff. But they don't actually sell stuff you want to buy every day. Yeah. And like Matt said, by raw decree, Romford is quite a unique market. And I I, I personally don't know why you kind of you, you necessarily want to remove that character. Mm-hmm. And also, why these guys who've been there for years have built up this customer base should should give up their best spots. That's yeah. I mean. It's a it's a slightly it's a slightly perplexing story. I don't I just don't really understand it. I also I think there might be a bit of a conflict between sort of that the image of the East End market, as it were. If you think about East Enders, Walford, yeah, you have all these you know two pounds of fiver for a bag of apples. Oh, that's fiver's ridiculous, but you know what I mean. <laughs> so fiver um, for an apple. <laughs> There's your pound that it's weakness. Yeah, the price of an apple's got up five pounds for an apple. Yeah. But, um, but I think it got. I think the sort of people that they're now planning to invite in might go against that sort of image that these yeah. traders that have and everyone is grateful to them for giving their lives to Romford Market in ways they have done but it does go against that and I can see why it would rub particularly when it's such a community I mean these people have gone through thick and thin together if, if you've been on that market you've been on it with storeholders for upwards of 20 years mm. and I, I, I can understand I, I, I agree that to, to thrive especially in with the, the pound falling, and we won't go into that, but the economy crashing a little bit, it might be important to diversify massively. But there will always be people afraid of change. Yeah, and I think we have to sort of respect that for what they've done for the community for such a long period. It's, tr- it's tricky, isn't it? Because if you want that destination experience, the event of going around a foodie place, you probably go to Borough Market if you want to do Borough Market. You don't expect it to come to you because it's a destination market. Whereas a market to go and get the stuff that you expect from a market. Well, I mean, you're not going to find one for about six miles around here. <laughs> if, if you don't go to Romford Market, according to Henry III, yeah. Yeah, you're going to have to walk for it. Do you know what I mean? Okay, well, this is one of those stories where I guess we'll uh, we'll keep dipping in and seeing what happens. It's, as, any idea of when things will be resolved? So I think at the moment it's kind of kind of like a kind of consultation there. As far, I, I, I'm not sure they, they would be able to... to to force them to move i don't think they'd actually be able to do that so they're kind of trying to nudge them in that direction um i guess this maybe has to do with crossrail um a lot of Mm. places seem to be kind of trying to use use that sort of path but i think uh, people moving to the area with with crossrail probably like 
the normal Rumford market and they might they might be pleased about that and not want this new Rumford market. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll keep across this as uh, as things develop then and then a little tease for story number two. What's that going to be about? So it's a, a group of uh, mums from Gidea Park who are um, have created a business which works around the uh, school day to allow mm-hmm. them to work. It's our local paper review, and we're making our way through some of the stories from the papers uh, with Rafe Blackburn and Matt Clementson joining me. Story number two, we heard it was mum-related. Yeah, so so this is a story um, our business reporter, Chloe Farron, did. It's in the Romford Recorder. Um, and it is about um, a group of mums from Guinea Park, um, and they've set up their, their own business, which is called Marvelling Bros. Um, and it basically arranges kind of... Um, you give out little gifts in matchboxes, um, like little gifts for like Father's Day, Mother's Day, Christmas, um, and they basically make them all themselves, and they do it so it fits around the school day, so they can all work together, okay. um, and then pick their kids up. It's not just necessarily schools; um, some of them need to help elderly re- relatives. It's basically working out so it can it can fit family uh, duties in with it. Um, and yeah, they they won uh, the retail business of the year at the uh, Havering Business Awards, which was great. But um, yeah, I think it's 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 a really nice project, um, especially when you hear about uh, like other parts of. I suppose it would come under part of the gig economy, where there's like Deliveroo and Uber and stuff. And do the do the employees have like full rights? Whereas these kind of the employees all together are kind of setting how they work. It's really nice. It's. I mean, it's it shows ingenuity, which seems great. There's a part of me that thinks, is this the world we live in now where you can't just get by on one job or having one main function? You have to, the spare time that used to be your spare time is now spent doing another job, a second job, Ubering around, making some product to sell. Does that mean, is this the end of the spare time? I think an interesting thing that is raised by the parents in this article that Chloe did quite well to focus on is that it's more, I don't think for them it's having to do this mm. for money I think it's more they feel that becoming a mother has made them less attractive to the world of work and so they know they've got valuable experience they knew they could set up this business so they went and they did it because they they felt that their experience wasn't being appreciated elsewhere Okay. so they decided sort of as a as a you know let's do this sisters are doing it for themselves sort of thing which I know lacks sort of honesty coming from me who's <laughs> not had a child <laughs> And, and you're not, you're not someone's sister. And I'm not a sister. All right. But um, but no, I think actually it's a really positive thing. And also, a, a couple of them came into the office, and they're really good. I yeah, gave, I gave one to my dad for Father's Day. Did you did you buy it from them, or did you get it for free and hand that on for free as a Father's Day gift? I'm fairly certain I I got it for free and passed it on for free. Sorry, Dad. Whoops. <laughs> uh, hey, so sisters doing it for themselves. Yeah. Brothers, all about your own your own work. Um, okay, so and I suppose it's really good for their CVs as well. Then for the period when they wouldn't ordinarily be working, they've got this thing that appears on the CV because one of the things that's difficult to get back into work after a time of of full time mothering is that gap on the CV, isn't it? Yeah, I think as well. Yeah, I think like well, Matt, I'm not sure they're necessarily doing it as a kind of like a, a way to step up in the career. They're kind of preferring. To, to work these flexible times um, like one of the uh, the woman who's involved Helen Roberts she basically uh, used to work uh, in a bank in the city and said it was just completely incompatible with family life and that the workforce didn't really help mm-hmm. um, but I think I guess when you're kind of all at, you're all kind of working to, together you're all, all in a similar boat you're you're able to help each other out in terms of covering stuff um and i think they maybe they just they're they're also probably they're all working with their mates which i imagine is pretty Mm. nice so i can't say the same myself but 
<laughs> oh, to burn. the heart. To the heart. Someone waff that smoke alarm, because that <laughs> was a burn. Um, the, although you're effectively working on your own these days, are you saying? <laughs> yes, you're I am. Churning out a newspaper... The amount of work... Actually, do you get any spare time with the amount of work that you have to do on this? Uh, yes, I do. I do. Yeah, no, I do. But Ever I will say, I do, I, I do miss... I used to sit next to Matt and I don't no longer sit next to him. But, oh, yeah. bless you. So that was... Uh, I do miss you, mate. Don't worry. <laughs> you know when you drive around to cover stories, you could also do some Uber work on your way there. Yeah. Saying. Yeah. You need to make ends meet. Yeah, no, definitely. And then I could write a feature on it, so it would all fit together perfectly. There, <laughs> there we go. go. Do you get any, uh, Matt, do you get any spare time? I mean, I imagine being a journalist. From the old days, it's a lot of writing, a lot of drinking. Do you still do those two things? Um, less of the drinking is it? than I would probably like, if I'm honest. But um, <laughs> no, This is going to sound so ha- hackneyed and clichéd, but I actually enjoy what I do in general. Yeah. So I'm quite happy to go to meetings and talk to people. And what we do is about stories. And in my spare time, I'd be reading a story or I'd be speaking to my mates about their stories. So I, I do get spare time. As someone that lives in the borough anyway, if I hear a good story from my mate, I'll try yeah. and get it in the paper. So I get lucky in that on that front. But um it's time consuming. I would I, I do I, I do get enough spare time, I think. That's right. I think through life, you know, the, the phrase work-life balance didn't really exist until maybe 15 years ago. No one would have said it. And since that phrase appeared, if you were to plot like use of that phrase and deterioration of our work-life balance, I'm sure it's quite, it's quite you know, linked in there together. So I think uh, now we've got that phrase, life, you know, our spare time has been sliced off and stuff. Yeah, no, definitely. And... But I think, sorry, just uh, slightly going off topic for the story, but just to go back to to journalism. Usually, the, the stories you do out of your time they tend to be the more the more serious stories, and they're the ones that are the best to cover. Mm. Well, it's good. Well, I think having passion there is kind of linked to the story. The fact you've got passion with your work, and they've got passion in what they do in this story. People want to read more. It's Romford Recorder, is it? Yeah, Romford Recorder, and yeah, I definitely encourage people to to read the article because Chloe's done a great job on it. Beautiful. And uh, we'll uh, go towards story three on the way soon. What's the tease for that? What are we going to be So this about? is from the new Wonston and Woodford recorder, uh, and it's uh, our hipster cafe taking over the high street. Thank you for listening to the Local Paper Review podcast. You can hear the next one live Friday, 2pm on Time 107.5.